This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Let's take a look in the book, shall we? Um, I'm excited about... uh, Now, somebody like me, you know... um, don't show excitement too much, but trust me, I am excited. Pastor Sandy, uh, she's the excitable one in our family. <laughs> in our family, amen. Little but loud. I'm a little quieter, but that's okay. Doesn't mean I don't uh, um, get excited. But um, the older uh, the older I get, uh, the further down the road that we get here with God, I'll tell you, it's just. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing. You know, used to be when I was young, I'd run around the building. Now I thank God I can get walking across the floor, and uh, it's all good, though. Uh, this word that I heard from uh, God on restoration, it is out of Second Corinthians 13, uh, chapter 13, and verse 11 in the uh, English Standard Version says this. Finally, and I'm going to add sisters in there. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice and aim for restoration. We introduced this last week. It was something that the Lord uh, captured my attention um, with um, a number of months ago and I've just been kind of looking at it and feeding on it and uh, you know when you get something new sometimes you need to just uh, stay with that and keep looking at it you know the uh, world gets distracted by you know squirrel woodchuck possum armadillo armadillo You know, just the next latest and the greatest. The Bible talks about that. It says the, the winds of doctrine that just blow to and fro. And and children don't have that great of a or long of an attention span. It says it says that we're to grow up in the Lord. And as we do, one of the one of the distinguishing characteristics of that would be that, you know, we we we're able to pay attention uh, longer, focus and not just be tossed about uh, by every wind of doctrine that that comes along. Is doctrine important? Absolutely. Not dogma, but doctrine. You know, uh, that there are some principles um, that we can found and base our life on and help to bring stability, and stability gives, uh, gives ground to and... Uh, Security rises out of stability. You know, I, I thank God that Miss Sandy's a, a very stable person. Um, you know, not up and down all around one way one one day and another way the next day. It'd be hard to live with someone like that. I thank uh, God that that's a godly character in her life. God is like that. You know, I I seek to. Uh, be like that, you know. You wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to connect with a pastor in your life that you know. Well, I'll see you on Easter, and uh, if nothing don't come up, 
between now, between Easter and Christmas, I'll see you again. <clears throat> I'm going to pan oh, way over here, way back there. No, you know, uh, you know, in the world that we live in today, everything seems so temporary, so so throwaway. Um, there, it's and but still, there needs to be some stability. There needs to be a, a stay ability in our lives. Amen. Uh, and I know that that's something that. Uh, is foundational to security. See? Now you think about that for a minute. Stability and security are power twins. They go together. But stability comes first. Faithfulness. Amen? God's always the same. Just stay steady with God. Just stay steady with Him. And not just... Uh, you know, coming in the building on a Sunday. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I spend more time, uh, you know, uh, um, outside of the church house than inside the church house. I know some of you think we live here. Trust me, we don't. Amen. It it It's just a building. When we come in it, it's uh, special. It really is when the family gets... Uh, when the family gets together. Uh, but boy, God's out there in the whole world now. You know, there are places to go, things to do, people to see all week long. Isn't that true? This can't be your, your only your Christian life is when you come to church or Sunday only. It needs to be we're living and doing life with God. So uh, aim, for rest, aim for restoration. It, it, it's the point in a certain direction. This is a journey that we're going to go on because this is a revelation, and we're praying for that. What does that mean? Is that God will reveal, you know, he always gives us his word that he calls a seed it's got to find good soil. You always you want to do, you know, uh, do soil tests in the spring and in the fall, and and check and see is your heart uh, needing some amendments? Does it need? Uh, do we need to uh, work on our heart a little bit? See, has it gotten, uh, you know, all hard and crusty or whatever? Uh, but do a soil test regularly on your heart. See. Uh, that we're receptive to the Word of God and realize that the Word of God comes as a seed. So what we think it looks like when he first shows it to us is only a seed. It's, it's what's inside of that seed, the revelation that comes as there is an application in our life. The Word is for doing. The Word is for living it out. The Word works when we apply it. To our life, a very simple uh, way of uh, when we hear the word of God, say, "Lord, how does that apply? How do I do that? How does that fit in my life and my experience?" And don't worry, uh, you know, uh, I learned a long time ago not to not to be trying to stick my nose too far over into how it works for Pastor Sandy. I learned how it works for Pastor Bruce first. Am I doing uh, the word? Don't worry about, you know, 
I'm going to help a couple of you. Uh, maybe more than just a couple, you know. You go a long, uh, long way when you stop projecting, you know, well, they need to do that. They need this. They need that. And realize, well, Lord, you know, the only one I get to choose for is me, so I guess I'll choose to let you work on me. And I give them to you, and I believe that, you know, <clears throat> I don't waste a lot of time uh you know, uh, praying uh, that God would change a whole bunch of other folks. I, I believe that if I let God change me, are you listening? I can give grace and space for other folks that he'll do the same for them. If you want change, God can change you. He will change you, and it'll be for the better. You know, Treating people like you want to be treated. We all need grace, so give folks some grace. And one of the measurements of that, sometimes you just got to give folks a little space to grow. Or to go. Or both. Amen. All right. Uh, This is a a working word. And we're praying for a revelation. And that will happen as there's an application in our life. I can guarantee you this. That that uh, the that the revelation, the revealing of God's word, is released as we attempt to do that word. We walk in the light that we do have. We do something with what we're given. Not everything, all of it, just some. Just just some. You don't want to do it all. Uh, you know, leave some for tomorrow and the next day. Now, don't procrastinate. You know, never do it. But, you know, be happy sometimes with some. We're going to make some progress today. Not all, but some. Your dreams are bigger than your lifetime. Moving right along. But it will bring a transformation. And that transformation will look like a restoration. So we're going to look down into uh, this. What is the transformation that God wants to bring out of this revelation? Well, it would be a restoration. I know all of those things rhyme. But it's easier to grab a hold of them like that uh, sometimes. Uh, Joel, uh, let's actually now go uh, to, uh, yeah, let's go to Joel, the second chapter and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible and it reads like this be glad then so we're in keeping with rejoice be glad then you know you can be sad or you can be mad or you can be glad there's three options in life every day glad is a whole lot better than the other two sometimes you just ought to be glad that you're not mad or sad All right. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he gives you the former or early rain in just measure and in righteousness, and he causes to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain as before. And the threshing floor shall be full of grain, and the vat shall overflow with juice of the grapes and oil. Now, verse 25, and I will restore or replace for you the years that the locust has eaten, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, and the crawling locust, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat 
in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame and you shall know, understand and realize that I am in the midst of Israel and that I, the Lord, am your God and there is none else. My people shall never be put to shame. And we're going to stop there because it goes on and this is a progression of a process. So it begins, though, with be glad, rejoice in uh, the Lord because, there's, because God is at work. He's doing something. Could you agree with that? God's always at work. There's sometimes, you know, no need of you staying up all night and worrying about things. God's working while you're sleeping. And, and he really doesn't have, need, need to work with your worry and neither do you. Worry is an is a outbreak of fear, are you listening, and unbelief and doubt uh, that we can do without. It hinders. It doesn't help. Here's some uh, verses I want to read out of the, uh, um, this word restore. There's, there's, a, uh, there's a lot of ways uh, to say this and in different translations. The NIV says this, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. New Living says, I will give you back. I found it interesting Pastor Sandy by the Spirit of God was talking about our uh, giving back. God will give you back. That New Living Translation says, The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts. English uh, Standard Version, I will restore to you the years. <clears throat> One Berean Bible says, I will repay you for the years eaten by the locusts. Uh, New American Standard says, then I will compensate you for the years that the swarming locust has, oaken, has uh, eaten. Uh, New American Standard Bible says this, then I will make up to you for the years. Again, it says, amplified Bible, I'll compensate you. Christian Standard, I will repay you. I will restore to you. <clears throat> I like this Aramaic Bible that says, and I shall pay you the years. Another translation says, I will recompense you. Um, contemporary English uh, Bible says, I, the Lord your God, will make up for the losses caused by those swarms and swarms. <clears throat> Is it possible for God to uh, actually do in one year what would take years um, for for others to do? Absolutely. You know, Jesus came preaching uh, and teaching, and one, the main declaration that he had of, the came, of declaring the kingdom of God was here. And what upset the religious crowd so much was he came preaching the acceptable year of the Lord, which was the 50th or the, um, uh, the jubilee year. And it was interesting, the instructions, I believe it's back there in about Leviticus, uh, Leviticus, Leviticus, Leviticus 25. When he said this, he said, now, he said, for six years I want you to sow your land, but in the seventh year, he said, I want you to give it a complete rest. And they said, well, and he said, and then in the eighth year, the re there'll be a reset. 
Of course, in the eighth year, they actually wouldn't harvest until almost the ninth year. So there's about three years they are involved in that where God says, I'm going to bless the sixth year so much that he said, you will have enough to go all the way through uh, the seventh and into the eighth, almost to the ninth until the real until the harvest start coming back again. I'll in one year do what it would take three years to do. That's just one example. But God, certainly God has ability. Certainly can. Uh, the, uh, the bigger question sometimes is if he will. Well, if, when, when God points in a direction, gives us a word, uh, and, um, and it comes by the Spirit of God as a revelation. Remember, it's just a seed. That seed needs to find receptive soil. And uh, I want to give you an example of... Uh, of this, let's let's go. Well, let me read it to you though uh, first, uh, out of the message by the same verses of scripture, because it's going to pull it out even a little bit further. It, you know, um, we're in um, we're in a natural world. The natural world reflects so uh, so much of. God's ways. Nature shows us the nature of God. Not just his acts, but it shows us his ways. The Bible says Israel, the children of Israel uh, saw God's acts. What God did, but it says Moses understood God's ways. And you know, it's possible to experience miracles. But to never understand, you know, uh, um, God's ways. I'll give you a good example. Healing, for example. You know, God will heal you uh, as a baby Christian. Override a lot of different things. Come to us where we are. But God never intended, he, he never intended for you to need a miracle all the time. He intended for us to grow up and to live in divine Health. There's divine healing, but there's also divine health. Are you listening? Where you just, you know, if you need a miracle, you get one. But I'm going to tell you, it says healing is the children's bread. See? Well, you know, it's just like the story of the little red hen. Everybody wants to eat the bread, but nobody understands. You got to plant the seed, harvest the corn. You know, down here, bread is, everybody thinks about cornbread. You don't think about regular, you know. But uh, you plant the corn, you harvest, tend it, and then you harvest the seed. Then it's got to be ground. Somebody's got to mix it up, put it in the oven. You know, the little red hen did all that. And when the bread was all ready, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, baby, I need, I need that divine uh, bread of healing. Well, here's the thing. Let's back up there, see. Uh, then take the seed of divine health. My son, attend to my words, for they are health and life to all your flesh. Plant you, plant you some seed of divine health. Now don't, you know, now listen, don't, don't be like ever, uh, like the story in the little red hen who got something else to do all your life where that's concerned. It's when you get 60 or 70 that it, faith needs to kick in to get to 120. 
Now, if you are 60 or 70, I'll guarantee you, you've got more life to live, you know, in your heart and dreams than you've ever had. You're, you're, you're greater than ever. Amen. Got grandchildren. All of a sudden, it's not just children. Those next generation has made you grand. And that if you live long enough to see the great-grandchildren, now you're great-grand. Now, what kind of prayers can you pray? What kind of impartations, what kind of influence can you have on those generations knowing what you know? Huh? That you didn't know at 60, but you know at 80. That you didn't know at 80, but you know at 100. That you didn't have at 100, but you're able to still, I not dim, stride still long and strong, walk to your own funeral, hallelujah. What can you do with those extra years? You know, the Bible says the wicked don't live live out half of their days. Dead at 60, that's a half of your days. Or dying at 60. Amen. Well, you know, plow up that old field of the curse of thistles and all that, you know, and briar and bramble, and let's get some good stuff in the ground. Let's get a restoration to uh, what it's supposed to be, the Garden of Eden. Amen. You and God just working with seed for everything that you need. Well, the seed of God's Word. Let's, uh, let me read this. Uh, out of the Joel, it says, Be glad in your God. He's giving you a teacher to train you how to live right. Teaching like rain out of heaven, showers of words to refresh and nourish your soul just as he used to do. And plenty of food for your body, silos full of grain, casks of wine and barrels of olive oil. I'll make up for the years of the locusts. Now what did the locusts eat? That crop, the harvest, the seed, what the seed would produce. In this case, the word. It says this, you'll eat your fill of good food. You'll be full of praises to your God, the God who has set you back on your heels and wonder, never again will my people be despised. You'll know without question that I'm in the thick of life with Israel, that I'm your God. Yes, your God, the one and only real God. Never again will my people be despised. I like, we'll get over into 28 uh, later on as, after we get through these, it says this. He says, and that's just the beginning. You know, uh, it's hard, I think, sometimes the older we get, you know, uh, to uh, experience resets and redos and to have to start over. That's why he started out with, say, rejoice, because sometimes that's not, you know, we're looking at the rubble. <laughs> we're looking at, at, you know, after the shaking, everything that didn't stand. It just got shook loose and shook down and, and uh, you know. Um, but God has plans even in that. Wherever there's, uh, you know, he can rebuild the wall. Amen. Out of the rubble, nothing is going to be uh, wasted where that is concerned. Let's, let's turn over uh, here. To uh, Joshua, the first chapter. 
I'm praying for a restoration um, for the body of Christ, especially for the for well for both the old generation and the new uh, generation. One of the things that's got shook down now. Now, if it if it's uh, well, Pastor, you don't know everything that I've been through. Well, we went through it too. Now, you know, we went. Uh, we went through it too, all that show, shaking last year. But I'm going to tell you what: you either got, you either landed nearer to God or further from God. You know, if you didn't have that that tight of a hold on God's word, God and His word, you can't separate the two now. See, that, the reason why we come to church is for the Word of God. Yeah, we come to fellowship and all that kind of stuff, but that second. That secondary, those are those are our side benefits. The real benefit is that we is that God is speaking. Are you listening? And He speaks in a measure corporately that He doesn't always do privately. And the benefit of of the corporate is that it confirms the private. Are you listening? Hmm? That's why he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Now why? So you could be a nickel in a nose and get a star beside your name? No. The word of God. The foolishness of, of preaching in the, uh, in the corporate setting. Now understand, you know, uh, uh, and we understand the day that, uh, that we live in. We thank God for social media and stuff like uh uh, and stuff like that allows us to put the word out further than than ever before. And we thank God that people will take advantage uh, of that. And I thank God that, you know, all through COVID-19, you could drive up to the drive-thru. And they'd throw you a styrofoam uh, 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 container or a... Uh, <laughs> You know, a brown paper sack out the thing. But I'm going to tell you what now. You know, I'd just as soon sit down to the table with Pastor Sandy at a home-cooked meal now. Any day is that. That'll get me through, but I don't want to live that way. Maybe I'll go over here. I, I, I really enjoy, amen, uh, a sit-down uh, time around the I'll feed you with good food, say. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Joshua 1, 8. Now listen, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And that, Now listen, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then, now hear this, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely one translation says, in all the affairs of this life, and have good success. Now, what, now, first things first, what's he saying? He said, I need you to look at this, all right? Realize it's a seed. Look at your heart. Let it find a, a receptive place, and then let it be cultivated. Why do you say meditate on it day and night? Don't, don't take your attention and your focus off of that seed because it's intended to produce a harvest in your life. He, we just got done with a verse of scripture that says, I'm going to send you the former and the latter rain. That talked about planting time and it talked about harvesting time. 
with the rains to come to make it to uh, grow. What time, oh, tons of scripture that talks about God sending his words. And in this scripture in the Message Bible, he said, I'm going to send you a teacher to train you to live well. And he said, I'm going to shower you with words. Words. If I said to Pastor Sandy, uh, Diamond, well, I certainly would get her attention. But now she's going to need more words than me just saying diamond. What are you talking about? You saw a diamond? You're thinking about a diamond? You know, somebody's got a diamond? How's that apply to me? So I'm going to have to shower her with some more words. Are you listening? More details and a description that says, no, what I'm thinking about is getting you the rock of your life, baby. I'm talking about, I mean, as far as we could stretch our faith out and money can buy because you are just a jewel. I'm telling you what a woman you are. Amen. Lord, a lady. Glory to God. Now, you know, now I've painted the image and she's going to be meditating on it. We're going up to Birmingham. We, we're going to go looking. What are we looking for? Diamond. See? See, you see what I'm saying? God says restoration. Well, what do you mean? Who are you talking to? What are you talking about? He says, well, let me shower you with some more words and details and descriptions and take you on a journey with me and, and We'll discover those details down in the doing of this thing. Can you see this? This is, this is how the word works. And we need a restoration of the priority of the word of God, the, the practicality of the word. Remember, most people don't see the word as a seed. They feel like they're going to come in and it's just going to be like Walmart. There it is. How to get there? Oh, I have no idea, but there it is. I'll just have me three of them. It's not that way in the kingdom of God. Are you listening? We're, I'm not going to try to make it that way. See, that doesn't build solid lives. Are you hearing? And, and we'll see this. You know, I've seen this in my life. You know, you, like I said, you, you get healed by the uh, goodness and the grace of God, and he'll make up all the difference. But then he expects a lifestyle change. That divine health would be our higher aim, the greater measure, and that that would, and that we would change our lifestyle to what? Almost, I'm, I, I know where bread comes from. It comes from seed. I'm going to clear a patch out in in my heart, and I'm going to grow me a crop, the fruit of the spirit. Amen. Fruit is grown. It's not just you know. You just don't go to well. I'm going to go down there that. To that, you know, that church has got it going on. And so if I, you know, uh, if I go someplace where that's my measure of success, that makes me a success. Honey, it, you know, you can go through into McDonald's if they'd let you in. I think they're still doing the drive through But if you got in there, you ain't going to be a hamburger just because you're in the hamburger joint. <laughs> Amen. No, he says, you will make your way prosperous and you will deal wisely and have good success. 
Now that's what we want to do is grow lives by growing people up in the Lord that you will grow into that good success. Now everyone, we go by your place, I'm sure, and we went by your place that there's, you know, areas of your lawn and house you're just so proud of, and there's some other areas that you're hoping nobody sees that. Because it's wild and woolly and out of control, chaos, going somewhere to happen. Even under your well-manicured azalea bushes, I'll guarantee you it's probably an ant pile. Fire ants. (laughs) What are they doing there? (laughs) it ain't all perfect even if it appears that way amen all right you're getting the picture here i know let's uh let me say this uh, about this Uh, you will observe and do you can't do it if you can't see it now what happens when we look at the seed of god's word just this one word restoration see Realize there's got to be an application where we're believing God for the transformation. What is that transformation going to look like? What, what's the restoration going to look like? Well, uh, when we, there's something that uh, we, I call glimpses of glory. It's beyond the natural, what it looks like right now. I know that all of us are looking at certain things it's in, and it, it, you know, it is what it is until it becomes what it, what it ain't. You'll have to go ahead and go back and listen to that to figure out what I just said. It is what it is until it becomes what it ain't. What does that mean? Well, if it's not what it should be or what it could be or what it would be, are you listening, if God had his way, then you have to look beyond what it is right now. You have to look beyond it and see something other than how it is right now. Well, God's word, we immediately see how God did that when he looked at the earth, and we won't go into all the details of how it got in the shape that it was in between verses 1 and 2 of Genesis, the first chapter, that the world was created by God and then all of a sudden the world is inside out, upside down, void and without form and all, you know, kind of crazy uh, looking. We could say now it is what it is, but see God, God saw what it is and realize, you know, uh, it is what it is until it becomes what it ain't. And he began to speak his word. And his word did what? He had a picture on the inside, an image, a desire on the inside of him. And, and literally that was the first restoration. Uh, that's why God, I, I have no trouble that God can do it again. He said a new heaven and a new earth. Well, he worked this one. Don't forget, this thing started out. One, two verses, he started working this one all over again. God's a redo God. God will reset and redo. And it's a restoration that he's after. And what did he do? He began to, he began to, to declare the details of his desire that he saw a picture on the inside. I know it looks like what it looks like right now, but now wait till I get done with it. 
Now I'll tell you, this, uh, um, this, this is a very practical, very practical application. See, what it looks like right now will give way to what it can and will become restored and renewed. God will, God will begin to. You'll get glimpses of that. You know, you ever get used to living, you know, with the color on your walls or the shape of the, you know, uh, this or that uh, in your uh, in your house. What? And then all of a sudden, one day you're you're going along, and Teresa knows what I'm talking about. And this, all of a sudden, you're going along, and you just see it different. You see what it could become, and that captures you. And then Phil has to <laughs> go to work. Amen. You know. Because she's got a picture on the inside of not what it is. We're a lot of times, well, you know, I can live how it is. And it's like, but if somebody gets a picture of it being different, you know. Uh, how many of you know, there, there, aren't you glad that, that, uh, that there are restorations that can be better than it was before? Amen. You know, indoor plumbing, electricity, all those kind of things, you know. Even a 57 Chevy didn't have air conditioning, but you can put air conditioning in them now. It's wonderful. It's just so much better. Now, the, the what we have more to work with of the glory of God. Are you getting anything out of this? Let's turn to Psalms 103 and then we'll be done. we got plenty of time here. It's only about quarter to two. Thank you for staying for so long uh, till a quarter to quarter to two. We'll save that reread for another day. Let's look at Psalms. This is a beautiful uh, passage of scripture. Psalms one hundred three says, "Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless His holy name. Bless affectionately." Greatly praise the Lord. I'm reading now the Amplified Bible. Oh, my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits who forgives every one of all your iniquities. The application of this, what would a restoration look like in your life? Well, you're going to have to look in order to see it. You have to look to God, the restorer. He said, I will restore the years. You're looking at what you lost, what you've stolen, what has happened. What's been devoured? He said, but I want to show you what it can become. I want to give you glimpses. If you'll look to me, I've got things that I want to show you. And it's not what it is right now. It's what I want to do with it from from here. I'm going to bring a restoration. I'm going to make it up. And boy, he, he gave a big general description. He goes, you're not going to have to be ashamed. You're not going to have to be despised. He said, I'm going to fill your life to the overflow with goodness and with greatness, with the glory, with glory. Are you listening? Glory, all that God has, all that God is, all that God wants to do for you. Lift your life back into the where you're restored. Are you listening? In the glory of God where the Bible says this, it's time for you to arise and shine. Your light has come. A revelation is coming to you. And the glory of the Lord is going to be seen on your life. The goodness of God. What God can do. What God can do with you. 
And I'll tell you what now, uh, God is famous for doing, for, t- for taking s- nothing and making something out of it, you know. And not a little way. I mean, when people look at it, they go, well, ain't that something? I'll tell you what now, that's really something now. Boy, I used to drive by, there weren't nothing but a weed patch. It looked like the Garden of Eden. Now, the Bible describes in, in different places, that's exactly how God works. He's done it before. I ask you this question, will he do it again? Can he do it again? Absolutely. From generation to generation, God is good. Are you hearing? <laughs> All right. Don't forget. See, this is what he begins again to describe. This is what a restoration will look like in your life. Yeah, you, you may be battling with sickness and, uh, uh, and disease, lingering long and strong. But he said, don't forget now. Hold on now. Don't forget. He forgives every one of your iniquities and he heals each one of your diseases. Don't forget, God says, I know what's happened, but when I get done with you, you're going to be healed and whole. When I get done with you, you're not going to have to live with your head hung down and live with the past hanging and shadowing over your life. I forgave all of that. Forgive yourself and go on. Forgive them and go on. I'll tell you the greatest restoration in your life will be to forgive. Receive the forgiveness of God and then let it flow through you. If God forgave all yours, you forgive everybody else's. Are you listening? You want to be free from it as long as you hold on to it? You're dragging that dead corpse, that stinking thing along with you. I mean, they're with you every hour, every day, all night long. Cut it loose. Forgive freely as you've been forgiven. Freely forgive. Amen. I choose to forgive in the name of Jesus. And devil, you keep wearing me and wearing me out and wearing me with it. I'll tell you, I'll pray for them. And I'll pray right. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh, Lord, I bless them in the name. Oh, I could never do that. Now, you don't know what they done done to me. Now, I ain't going to bless them. I want God to kill them. <laughs> well, kill them with kindness. Jesus said, what good are you if all you ever do is forgive your friends and your family and them that love you? He said, I'm telling you, forgive the, your enemy. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. And he said, and here's another thing. He said, rejoice when you're despitefully used, when you're persecuted for my name's sake. He said, realize that it's just sometimes the devil in them that don't like the Jesus in you. He said, but when, when that happens, he said, rejoice. Oh, everybody say rejoice. I mean, fill up with joy again. You know, you used to go to the barn. It's like, you know, your worries and troubles. You'd be sitting there with folks, you know, and they're telling you theirs, and you're comparing and telling them theirs. And it's like both of you just, you know, fill up. You need another drink. Because uh, joy can only come one way. You gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta wash away your troubles. But you know, the Bible says don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Rejoice. Amen. Let the Spirit of God remind you, well, here's what the truth is. Here's the truth. The devil don't like me, but God loves me. 
Oh, they talked about me. They talking about me and saying ugly things about me. But God has already declared that my life is very good. God has already declared he's with me and he's for me. And what or who can be against me? God has already called me his beloved. He said, I, I am your healer. I'm your provider. I'm your deliverer. When your mother and father forsake you, if all your friends walk away, don't worry. I'm the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Excuse me for getting just a little bit excited, but when I think about everything that he has done for me, I can't have time, I don't have time to think about all the folk what done, done me wrong. Now I'll tell you, as a pastor, you could tell some stories. But we in the people business because we're in the God business and God and his people go together and God and the devil's people go together. So, you know, I mean, folks are going to do what folks are do. But we do what we do because of what God has done. And we're here to give him the glory. We're telling his story. It ain't about, you know, what happens. What happened to Jesus matters more than whatever happened to me or to you. What happened to Jesus could change everything and everyone. That's the most important thing. And you and I have a part of that. Oh, we'll do that with all of our heart. Amen. What did he say? He said, don't let this word depart from you. He said, keep it in front of you. Keep the promise in front of you. Keep the plan in front of you. Keep the purpose of God in front of you. He goes, until you see, until you see it for yourself. And you start doing that. Do it for you first. Not realizing this, I'm going to be a witness and I'm going to be a good witness. I'm going to live well in front of God and I'm going to have favor with God, but not just with God, but with man also. And anybody that ain't happy with him probably won't be happy with me but what do it matter are you listening I'm still being the witness I'm still going to shine I'm still going to let the glory be seen on my life I'm still going to believe God even if nobody else will believe him I'm still going to believe in the blessing of God in the greatness of God in the goodness of God I still believe if everybody are you listening if, if the crowd going to hell knocks me down tries to trample me I still believe the Lord will pick me up and I'm still pointed towards heaven I still believe there's a heaven to gain in a hell to shun. I still believe that what Jesus did on the earth, are you listening being raised up and lifted up on that cross and dying and being buried in the grave and God raised him from the dead is greater than anything that the devil will ever do. I still believe that the great physician, I get one report but I've got a good report. Because of by the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am the healed and the made whole of God. It already happened. He said, well, I'm trying to get God to heal me. Honey, he already paid the price for it. He said, all you got to do is come and take it. Just take it. And see, it's not a one-time thing. And to get the seed of it and put it in a receptive heart. And feed on it and feed on it and grow it and grow it and grow it. Are you listening? Take the bush hog out there and cut down all that curse. Get rid of all that stuff and stay with it. Till you look at that field and there ain't nothing but the glory. There ain't nothing but just healing and divine health and even divine life coming up. You can't beat it out of me with a stick that Jesus didn't do what he did. I'll go again and turn to those pages. They whipped him. 
They made his back like hamburger meat. The Bible says his visage was so marred, he didn't even look like a man anymore. Why did he do that? For you. He took it for you so you would be healed. This is for you, every drop of blood. Oh, come on now. See, get some root down in your life and you'll get some fruit in your life. Put some root down deep in the word of God. This shallow, you know, oh, somebody said something sideways to me, not even face to face, but on Facebook about me going to church and what a fool I was. You're a fool not to. You're a fool to listen to a fool. Oh, I'm getting in trouble, ain't I? You know, I'm just in hell. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord. He, he, he forgives all of your iniquities. Put yourself in there. Oh, Lord, I bless you. you. You've forgiven every one of Bruce's iniquities. And, and you're the one who's healed every one of, every time I've been sick, every time I've been threatened, every time, every time something, uh, uh, came down that you, you quickened in my mortal body. I feel, I feel better than I've ever felt before. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm healthier than I've ever been. How can you say that, brother? Well, I'm going to say that rather than the other. Who redeems your life? Oh, he's going to give me back the years. I, I have some regrets in life. I, I, I've lost. Some stuff was stolen from me. I, I've had some, uh, some days where it let, seemed like I lived in the haze. You know what I'm talking about now. Stumbled around in the dark. Didn't know my way out of the maze I was in. But I'm going to tell you what. Now, he redeems my life from the pit and corruption. Who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire in your personal age and situation. Oh, 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 it's personal with me. How about with you? It's, it, this God is a personal God. You know, not everybody, not everybody can, uh, can uh, appreciate old fat but beef cow, but I'll tell you it's a beautiful thing to me. <laughs> old big belly and a fat butt and little short legs oh, how can you talk like that it's a beef cow honey it's a beef cow you know what I'm saying of the right kind I mean I mean you know you're worthy of it all Jesus you're worthy of it all for from you are all things and for you and to you are all things. Because you're worthy of it all. All the praise you could ever, if every breath that you breathed in, breathed out in praise to God. Every moment of every day from here throughout eternity, he's worthy of it all. Look around at the beauty that God has in life. Beauty. It's a beautiful thing. He makes all things beautiful in its time. Hallelujah. Beautiful in its time. It may look ugly right now. It, it, the struggle may be strong and long right now. But God's not done yet. I say God's working a restoration. God is working a restoration and you're going to come out greater than you've ever been before. You're going to come out higher than you've ever been before. You're going to come out with more, not less, than you ever were before. Oh, honey, I believe that. 
I got good news today. I'm not sad or mad. I'm glad in Jesus. I'm glad that God's given us a word that that needs to be heard. And it needs to be heard deeper than just a shallow, little non-committed thing. It's a holy seed. It's a wonderful seed. It's It's going to become a beautiful thing in your life. And it's going to be personal to your age and situation, your maturity and your particular situation uh, in him. Amen? And he'll give it to you when you can handle it. You understand? I tell you, I thank God for walking with God almost 40 years now. I thank God for what I've heard. I thank God for everything I've been through. I thank God he ain't never lost the battle. And now it don't don't even faze me anymore. I, I, I mean, it's hard to get... It's hard to get all shook up about a whole bunch of stuff anymore. Whether, you know, whether they do or they don't or coming and going, all that kind of stuff. It said, it ain't always going to be this way because I've been in this place more than one time. And I'll tell you like David, the lion and the bear, this old Goliath, he ain't nothing now. Are you hearing? Are you listening? <laughs> Can God restore the years? Joshua, the one that penned those words back there, had a delay of 40 years, not because of his disobedience or disbelief, but because that he had to wait for a people that were getting ripe and ready and growing up. It delayed his destiny for 40 years, but you know, in seven years, God made up those 40 years. They took the land in seven years. 31 kings marched through the land and destroyed them all. And it says, And then the children of Israel, they gave Joshua an inheritance in the land. And he chose a place, I think it was what called Timnah or something like that. Don't you know the boy, when he was out there fighting, had a dream in his heart, had a, you know, uh, got his own little patch of ground, a little farm up there in the hills of Judah. Amen. Live to, uh, uh, you, well, you do the math. You get 40 years ever how old he was in there. I think uh, Caleb, he's probably about the same age as Caleb. Caleb was 80. But it says that it took seven years to take the land, and then uh, what's, what's 110 from 80, 87 from 110? Come on, bankers, you can tell me. 13, 23 years up there on the farm just enjoying life. Amen. Restored. You know, I'd rather have 23 good, really good years. Because <laughs> I've had some, a few bad ones. How about you? <laughs> well, we got to go. Y'all, y'all had enough today? Are you happier than when you come in? I hope if you were sad and mad, we talked you into being glad. Oh, we're going somewhere with this. God is... God, if, you, if this seed can find a place in your heart, so that stay with it, honey. God wants to grow a thing. That's how God does a thing. God grows a thing. God wants, you to, God wants to put this, this thing down deep in a root. And boy, I'll tell you, it'll be fruit that remains and it'll be to the great glory of God. Well, Father, we thank you for your words today. Listen, if you're... If you're, uh, if you're here today or you're listening um, to us under the sound of our uh, voice live uh, via media or 
the podcast, I want to give you an opportunity to make a choice for God. You know, you can only choose for you, but you do choose for you. And the Bible says, God said this, listen, this is how it really is. It's the absolute truth. Nothing's going to change it. No one, no how, no way. Nothing will ever change this. I have set before you life and blessing. But there's also the flip side of that. The devil has death and the curse. And just outside of the circle of God's blessing, the curse is all around. It's not hard to die. It's not hard to uh, experience the curse. See? That's the, that's the broad road. That's the way the, wor- the, the uh, world's waterway is traveling. See? But to choose life, to choose God, it's going to be an uphill, uh, it's going to be a, a, an uphill climb and it's going to be an upstream against the current way. But I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have power in your life. That's the difference. The people, uh, before I gave my heart to Jesus, I was powerless to go in certain directions and do certain things. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, all of a sudden God brought his power of change and transformation in my life. And it's not hard to live for Jesus. Oh no, not with Jesus living on the inside of you. See, You can't do it on your own. You can't save yourself, but he can save you. And he doesn't want you to do life on your own. He wants to do life together with you. If you're ready for that, I want to pray a prayer, a simple prayer uh, with us. We're all going to pray it together. Dear Jesus, I'm ready. I hear your word. I take the seed. I want a restoration. I need a transformation. I thank you for the revelation. Now, Lord, show me the application of it in my life. I'm ready to do life your way, your will, your way. Jesus, come into my heart. You take the lead. I will be a follower from now on. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, listen, the greatest thing that can ever happen to you has already happened. A change of heart. It's an invisible thing, but it will have uh, visible, it will have outward results in your life, you know. Uh, You're going to see how uh, to do, because the Lord, how to do this. How to live this. Most people believe that church is just something you do on Sunday. But, you know, Jesus said, I'll build my church. Church is who we are. We're the people of God. It's not a building. It's a people. It's a body called the family of God. I want to welcome you to the family. Best decision you could have ever made. We want to help you with that. Well, if you'll contact us, uh, uh, ever how, come see us. Uh, you can do it through text or call on the phone, email, all those kind of things. We've got some materials. They're free to you. We'd love to help you. Uh, love to rejoice with you, the decision that you've made, and uh, welcome you to the family again. Uh, don't try to do it on your own. You don't have to do it on your own. Let us help you. Now you belong. Congratulations. Now you belong to the family of God. And remember this. You are so very blessed, so you be at rest until the next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.